This podcast will start in a minute. Firstly, I just have to apologize that I decided to record this and then we had flybys from so many military planes, it's unreal. But it was such a good recording and I kept going. So I have to apologize for the planes flying over (laughs) during this recording. Okay, so now you're aware of that. Let's jump in with this week's podcast. Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I'm the host of this podcast and I'm the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club to come and work with me to build a very profitable mixed use and commercial property portfolio that completely hits your financial goals. In fact, I believe I am the only person talking about growing mixed use property portfolios and the benefits of that. Now, if you want to find out more, I want to invite you to an event that I'm doing at the end of the month on Monday the 29th of March at 6.30pm. That is how to supercharge your property portfolio via buying commercial property, even in this rubbish economic climate. If you want to join me, you're going to have to come to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash March 2021 Click on claim your spot, fill in your details, and I will send you over all of the information that you need in order to come and join me on the 29th of March. I'll be there live. There's going to be so much information coming out to you before so that you can make sure that you swat up ready for the webinar. I cannot wait to see you there. So you want to come to that? Again, ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash March 2020. Today, I've got a couple of things that I want to talk to you about. Firstly, I want to go over the budget from the 3rd of March. I'm actually recording this live on the 3rd of March. Well, it's not live. I'm recording this on the 3rd of March and I wanted to record it whilst I went through the budget so that I can go through my reaction with you and what I think are the pros and what I think are the cons because after all we are in a situation where the government has spent so much money helping people out of the problems with COVID-19 and the economy and everything surrounding that and so there's an awful lot of money spent and I'm always very interested to find out how that's going to impact us in the long term After all, they are going to have to start recouping some of that money. It's an awful lot of money to shell out without trying to get that back. Otherwise, they set an incredibly dangerous precedent going forward that they can just print money however they like. That means that inflation will spiral and that is even worse for the economic climate. So I wanted to go through this with you as I saw it. Um, After all, we saw a load of hints beforehand, so I think I probably know what's in it, but I think it's interesting to get my take on it. And I promise you, because this will be almost, what, six days old, by the time this goes live, I've got another subject that I need to talk to you guys about as well. So, Key announcements, I'm gonna go through that. So the furlough scheme and self-employed income support has been extended. That is good news for everybody who has um, been in a really tough situation with their job roles throughout the pandemic. 
So the furlough scheme is going on until the end of September. Hmm, kind of had to really, didn't it? Because they've extended lockdown. And if lockdown finishes in the middle of June, then businesses still really need time to pick up speed and get back on their feet. Businesses don't just open and they make money. So I can imagine myself included being a small business owner, although I've kept going through the pandemic and I've kept all of my staff on. We haven't um, taken any of the furlough scheme. I could imagine that if I was in a position where I needed to close down my business for a little bit of time, it'd be very tough to start back up again and immediately hire everybody back because you do need a cash flow in order to get that to happen. And in order to get cash flow, you have to start growing your business. It's not going to be throw the doors open and everybody come. It will be uh, slow and gradual. Um, I also see that the self-employed income support scheme will be extended to 600,000 people who were previously excluded. I would like to know more about that. I'm probably going to do a little bit more uh, digging because that doesn't include people who um, declare their self-assessment who've got rental income only. So that's something that I'd like to see because... Obviously, for landlords who have borne quite a lot of the brunt of this, you know, with tenants not paying, you've had to prop up your properties while you're accepting less rent. And I do think that landlords need to be able to claim for some of this or at least get some help or support um, somewhere. Because it was almost like during the pandemic, landlords were the dead end of the economy. So, you know, people who were working, we're still getting money in for either furlough scheme if they couldn't actually go to their jobs, which means that they could still afford to pay for themselves, but they didn't have to pay rent. Whereas landlords had no support, weren't necessarily getting their rent in, but still had to pay their mortgage and still had to pay for all of the maintenance on the building. So eww, I really hope that that now includes landlords. I haven't read that in more detail, but something's got to help because otherwise when people can't pay back their mortgages, we saw what happened in 2008, we definitely don't want that to happen again. Next up, something that was obviously going to happen, current stamp duty holiday in England and Northern Ireland will be extended until the end of June. Mm, any shock? Nah. Um, <laughs> anything up to £500,000 has a nil rate band. That will end at the end of June. I'm not surprised by that at all. I've heard murmurings about that for months and months and months and months. I know there's been a lot of petition for that to not happen as well. I mean, loads of people think it's a great idea that this stamp duty holiday is extended. But there's also a lot of people who are saying, well, hold on a second. Where are you going to get your tax from? Stamp duty land tax is a very good way of uh, raising money because it also acts to keep a cap on the market. At the moment, they're just seeing prices skyrocket and that's going to go up with the new mortgage scheme to help buyers with a low deposit. And apparently major lenders said that they'll offer 5% rates. So First-time buyers with a 5% deposit can now buy property or they will be able to from April. 
I don't think if they're going to start doing that in April, that there'll be enough time to get the purchase through before the stamp duty holiday ends in June, which might mean that the government extend it further than June, the stamp duty holiday. Eh, I think those will go hand in hand. Do I think 5% deposits are a good idea? It's kind of a mute point. I think we'll see lenders try and keep a cap on the market regardless because I mean, we hear it all the time and I am going to argue that this also doesn't happen, but surveyors apparently are down valuing valuations. Blah. Obviously not. Surveyors are just doing their job, guys. Um, even you major players who are like, surveyors are down valuing the market. They're not. They're doing their jobs. For God's sake, leave it alone. But what does happen, as I have said multiple times before, is that the surveyor will put their valuation into the lender. The surveyor is going to give multiple values. They're going to give get their 90-day valuation, their 120-day valuation, their 180-day valuation. And that um, dictates the price because there will be a different price of you know, if it needs to be sold quickly within three months, what that price will be versus 120 days versus at 180 days. So just be wary that um, lenders may be taking different prices. They might be doing special prices. To be honest, they get to do what they bloody well would like because they are lending you the money and they can do that at whatever interest they like. I do not think that a 95% loan to value mortgage is coming to the market at 2%. I cannot believe that that will happen. So as well, there'll be hefty caps on these first-time buyers because who can afford like a 5% or a 6% interest rate if you're buying, if you're borrowing 95% of the value of your property? Again, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but put that out there. I am assuming as a first-time buyer, you are potentially at the lower end of the income spectrum. I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm just saying potentially a standard because you've got to work your way up in your career because those people who are further ahead in their career tend to not need to, to use the 95% loan to values. Um, as usual, standard worries apply that um, the market is pretty volatile at the moment. There's a, there's, I think these announcements are going to make people over offer on property. And that means that it will push the market up some way. Do I think it will stay like that? No. So there will be wobble room in the market and 5% is not a lot of wobble rate if you think about it. So there is a very high chance for people who purchase using 95% loan to value mortgages to go into negative equity. Meh. I mean, hopefully people who are borrowing at that level know what they're doing. Do I think that they know what they're doing? Um, I mean, I guess so. I hope so. I think there's scope out there for mortgage lenders to um, teach their borrowers a little bit more about the market and what's going on. And you'll have to excuse me, there is a flyby going on overhead if you can hear that really loud. Out. Um, so I think 
that, again, for the property market, it's going to push it up a little bit. Um, First-time buyers who get the 95% loan to value are going to be rushing into the market to try and beat the stamp duty. I don't think they are going to beat the stamp duty. So, you know, I guess that then there'll be huge amounts of complaints and the government will extend stamp duty relief. That's all I will say about that. Um, Universal credit uplift of £20 per week will continue for a further six months. That is good for all you landlords who um, accept rent by way of universal credit. Income tax, national insurance contributions and VAT won't rise, but thresholds will be frozen from 2022 onwards. I think that's a potentially good thing, but in real terms, it means that a lot of people will pay more tax from 2022 onwards. So I think that they will freeze it for now and see what happens and see what the state of the economy is like in 2022. There is a lot of argument that VAT should be charged on more things because it's a really good way of um, earning taxes because everybody's got to buy something at some point. So if you were to charge VAT on everything, every bit of food, um, every item, every commodity, everything that you could buy, if you charged a little bit of VAT, not 20% on everything, but something, um, because there is always a transaction, it's a really good way of the, land, of the government raising tax. Do I think they're going to do it? No, I don't. Um, but again, we'll see what happens in 2022. Inheritance tax thresholds, pension lifetime allowance, and the annual exempt amount in capital gains tax will be maintained at current levels. All right. Um, contactless payment limit will rise to £100. Ooh, you don't want to be losing your contactless cards. Um, how annoying would that be if someone stole it from you and they were just tapping £100 here and there and very quickly just empty your, your account? But fine. Um, alcohol fuel duty will be frozen. Okay, 5% reduced rate of VAT for the tourism and hospitality sector will be extended for six months. That is a necessary thing. It will last until September with an interim rate of 12.5% for another six months after that. Good, good. Tourism and hospitality has been absolutely decimated during this time. So I think there needs to be a lot of help to get this sector back on its feet. So that's a start. Hopefully um, there will be more help. I see that there's a new restart grant to help businesses, which would be fantastic. Um, up to £6,000 per premises and £18,000 per premises for hospitality. Fabulous. Hopefully, um, for those of you with serviced accommodation, you can claim for that. That would be awesome. Um, A recovery loan scheme will provide lenders with a guarantee of 80% on eligible loans between £25,000 and £10 million. Um, and it will be open to all businesses, included those who've received support under the existing coronavirus guaranteed loan schemes. Interesting. That will help a lot of people, a lot of businesses get back on their feet. Although, again, that is requiring businesses to take out an awful lot of lending. So let's see. I would be interested in how that works and what interest rates are being offered, that is for sure. Um, government will issue its first sovereign green bond. Ooh, does that mean that we can start investing in 
green energy in the UK? Hmm, very limited details on this, but there is more coming out. I'd be interested in that. Hands up, that's really interesting for me. I really love anything around sustainability initiatives and using green energy. I cannot wait for more of that to come out. Um, air passenger duty rates will be increased from April 2022. Blur. That's not ideal. The rates for long haul economy flights from Great Britain will increase by two pounds. And the rates for those traveling in premium economy, business and first class will increase by five pounds. Oh, okay. Nothing to write home there about. I, I got upset before I should have done. Probably should have just read it first. Okay, so that's a bit of a, a moot point again. Um, Other things that I, I have seen, um, are that um, tax rates for businesses will be going up to 25% or corporation tax, sorry, corporation tax, must get it right. Corporation tax will be going up to 20, 25% from um, 2023. There'll be an exemption of that for any business that is not um, making a profit of over 50,000 pounds. So definitely check your Check your limited companies, guys, for those properties that you've put in there. If you're earning rents of over uh, a profit of over £50,000, it might be worth looking at splitting things out into multiple different businesses. Again, ask your accountant, but that's something that you certainly should look at. Although I do understand that there's a lot of um, exemptions and deductions that you can um, use with that. We will have more information on that. I guess from going through that overall, nothing exciting. I actually don't think any of that is particularly exciting. Do you? I was hoping for something a little bit more revolutionary and that just did not come. We knew most of this was going to happen. I, I mean, corporation tax rising is pretty grim, actually. They should have probably reduced that and said to the EU, look, look how amazing we are. And then it makes businesses want to come to the UK. I can't see why you would increase corporation tax. I can't, I cannot see that. I don't understand it. You're just going to see businesses over the next two years disappear off to the Cayman Islands or Jersey, you know? I don't necessarily think that that's uh, good for the economy. But all right, Rishi, I guess we'll have to take your word for it. Um, it will mean that there's plenty of people looking at ways over the next couple of years to reduce their business profits. It will be an interesting time for business in the UK, that is for sure. Um, certainly, that's kind of worrying. And especially if you have to pay more, then that means that people won't be earning as many dividends. Um, any companies that um, allow their employees to be shareholders won't get as much paid out. Eee, that's not really good. I think for me, that is probably the biggest downside of this budget. That is for sure. I mean, it remains to be seen, but it's not very inviting, is it? Really not very inviting in any way. But apart from that, look, we're going to now see the property market start to, um, house prices to start to increase. Certainly, that is something that we definitely see as more first-time buyers go, oh yes, 
no stamp duty, I can borrow more money, hell yes, let me get in there and over offer. I do though think that valuations for lenders should hopefully keep some sort of a cap on it. It may also mean that we've got more people bringing their properties to market because they're thinking, oh, if the market is now going to start moving, um, let me bring, let me put my house in the market and see what happens. Do I think that's conducive for low offers in the residential market? No, I don't. Which is why you guys want to move to commercial and mixed use. Hint, 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 and then come to my webinar on the 29th of March. So we have a bit of a budget roundup. Um, again, I'm not really, I'm not an accountant, I'm a surveyor. I've kind of looked at that with fresh eyes and thought, okay, um, do I think this is good? Yeah, no, hmm, kind of indifferent really. Um, I'm a bit worried about the corporation tax side of things, but again, I've got two years to speak to my accountant on that. Otherwise, life keeps rolling along. So you have to let me know, what do you think about this budget? Um, you can email me, natasha at mcrealestate.co.uk or tag me on Instagram or Twitter at Natasha C. Collins. I would love to know your thoughts on the budget this week. Now, I wanna move on to something that I think is really important that, I cover because I was really dismayed and just a bit saddened on um, a call I had with my members. And every first Tuesday of the month, um, I do a goal setting and accountability workshop. I get uh, our resident coach, Mel Savage, who comes in and she helps our members with um, goal setting and accountability. And something that popped up was this pressure to 10x your life. Do you feel that? It was huge. It was something that I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is causing people to suffer. Now, if you've never heard of 10xing your life, um, I wouldn't be surprised because I don't particularly live my life by this. I don't tend to really listen to that side of things. I, I, I would have done probably my early 20s. Now I have no time for this very masculine kind of, yeah, you must do this and you must do it all the time and do X, Y and Z. And, ah. I haven't got time for it, quite frankly. These men who take pictures of themselves with these fast cars and um, their own private jets, I really don't care that much about. I think that's not for me. 10xing, what is it about? Well, apparently, if you want to create the most success in your life, you want to think about your goals and what you're aiming for, and then you want to times that by 10. And then in order to get to your, those 10 times goals or those 10x goals, um, you have to take what you would do to get to your regular goals and 10x them. So 10x the effort, 10x everything that you're going to put into it, basically 10x your life. And the whole idea is very masculine and a certain kind of masculinity. Do you hear people talking about 10xing your life and you must get up at 5am in the morning, crack of dawn, get on the bandwagon of um, 
what everybody else is doing, early achievers, I don't know, input, whatever you should be doing there. I don't know, do not subscribe to that. Um, but it saddens me to see that there is still a lot of people who feel that in order to achieve success in their life or some version of success or whatever it is that they want to do, they have to work to the bone. And I will go back to the fact that, yes, in my early 20s, I certainly did that. I also believed, not through this 10xing stuff, which I didn't actually hear about until this past year, and then I discarded it because, unfortunately, Grant Cardone isn't for me, but maybe he's for some of you. But for me, he makes me cringe. <laughs> I find him really embarrassing. <laughs> sorry if you're listening to that and you like him everybody to the, each their own um for me ooh. um so in my 20s I firmly believed that to get ahead I had to be perfect at everything and for those of you who have been long-time listeners I'm sure that you've heard my stories about this before where you know I, I the minute I started working in London as a graduate surveyor, I felt the need to be perfect to show how good I was. So I would just work out absolutely religiously. I would constantly be in the gym. So every single morning, I would go to the gym for an hour. And then in the evening, I'd do some sort of exercise as well, whether that be... Um, running home or walking three or four miles or going back to another exercise class, you name it, I would try and do it as much as I possibly could. On top of that, I'd be working 11 hour days. I'd be constantly sat at my desk perfecting my property management. I would then in the evenings be studying for my masters and doing my APC. And that was me doing the most I possibly could. And also, trying to maintain some version of a social life to go with that as well. So I was trying to be this perfect role model, the person who did everything. And trust me, after I did that for four years before hitting burnout, right? Ugh. I hit burnout in one of the most in just soul-destroying ways. When I took my APC for the first time, I went in there, they started asking me questions and I couldn't hack it. I couldn't hack being asked questions because I was like, are you trying to say I'm terrible at what I do? And I just burst into tears. Very, very, very low moment for me because I was just, just spent everything, spent everything. And then I decided that in order to show that I was still this perfect person, I would go back to work and I tried my utmost to always put on a brave face and show that I am awesome and to show that I can handle everything and I can do everything and the reality was that I couldn't and for two years after uh, hitting burnout on my APC I still continued to try and show up every day uh, work out as best I could, study because I was going to repeat my APC. And it had such a detrimental impact on my mental health. I mean, I already suffer from anxiety and obsessive thoughts. I think I've talked about that a lot on this podcast. And I have done since I was 
really young, really, really young. I think I could probably backdate it back to when I was like seven or eight and it's just continued from there. So being obsessive about having to show up to exercise, show up to study, show up to work, never letting myself down, never having a sick day. That was just something that I'd ingrained in myself and I could never let myself down. Success for me was climbing the corporate ladder and earning a lot of money, buying as many properties as I possibly could and just being this all round perfect person. But what I was also missing is the fact that I wasn't taking care of myself properly. Um, in the two in the two years after I um, I had took my APC and failed the first time. I mean, within six months, I'd passed my APC and I was a charter surveyor. But in those two years that followed that, there were some times where I look back on it now and I'm just embarrassed that I took everything to this really go hard or go home level. Um, one of those being the fact that I had to twice have um, cells removed from my cervix in those two years. Um, and I can't believe that I did that, but there was both times I went to the hospital, I had those cells removed and I went back to my desk. And I remember the second time just lying on my desk, crying in pain, trying to work. Now that don't work. That's an awful thing to do to yourself. But that's again, that mindset that you have to just increase everything you do, show up all the time, put on this smile, this brave face. Even if you've got setbacks, you show up regardless. You don't let yourself down. You keep going, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, and then you break. The day that I broke was a day where I could not get out of bed, could not get out of bed, could not move. I had never once called in for a sick day, but I could not get out of bed. And that is terrifying when you don't feel ill, but you just feel like you can't move. You're like, what on earth is going on? And to this day, I still have nightmares about that feeling paralyzed, like you can't go anywhere. And eventually, and I text my boss and I was like, I can't come in today. I'm just so unwell. And he did not understand, did not understand how I was feeling, but he was like, fine. Um, you'll just have to work extra when you come back. I was like, sure. Um, luckily that afternoon, I'd had an appointment with the, the nurse at the doctors and not wanting to let the nurse down. I walked to the doctors to, I think I had another cervical screening that day. That was like six months after um, I'd had my previous cells removed. And I didn't want to let the doctors down because I knew if I didn't show up, then I wouldn't be proving to myself that I was healthy. So again, it was like that mindset thing, get yourself there. And it was only a half a mile walk away. And it took me over 30 minutes just to pull myself to the doctors. And I sat there and I couldn't really move in the waiting room. And I went in and the nurse said to me, what on earth is wrong with you? I said, I can't move. I feel unwell. Like there's no... I couldn't explain it. And she was like, wait there. She got the GP and this lovely GP came down. And she sat with me and she said, should we have a chat? Shall we have a chat about what's going on with you? And she did tests and she said to me, tell me about your 
situation or life situation. And so I went through all of this stuff that, you know, I thought I had to do on a day in day out basis. And she said to me, okay, Natasha, you have to take tomorrow morning off work because you have to come back here for blood tests. She said, and either you tell your boss or I tell your boss. I was like, no, it's okay. I'll tell my boss. And so I text my boss and was like, look, I have to go back in tomorrow for blood tests. And he said, okay, but as long as you come in afterwards, it's like fine. <laughs> okay. So next day I went back to the GP and she said to me, I've run your bloods. And obviously I'd waited around for my blood to be taken. And then they did the, the test. She said, you've got two choices. One, I sign you off for the next couple of months with stress leave or two, you hand in your notice and you go and do something that doesn't make you feel like this. And I had handed in my notice. Now that's a result of this mindset that you always have to be doing more and it definitely doesn't work. And I've gone through cycles of this. It's, I'm not saying that I learned from that because then I went back into building NC real estate and trying my damnedest to get it to a certain level. And I would work 12 to 15 hour days on NC real estate and nothing would work. I wasn't getting any traction. In fact, I didn't get any traction for the first 18 months of running this business. The reason being, I was brand new to it. No one knew who I was. And I had to just keep telling people and keep showing up. But I also had to get over my demons. The fact that I was still a bit broken. I still wasn't really looking after myself. I wasn't able to exercise at the level that I once was. I wasn't able to um, focus my attention. I didn't even feel that confident in myself. So no wonder I wasn't able to build a business as quickly as I wanted to. And I was learning about it all. I I'd been in corporate. I'd never had to run anything for myself. And I didn't give myself the grace. So again, come middle to end of 2017, I was again feeling burnt out. And that seems to be a continued pattern. But I recognize it. The fact that I can't always go really, 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 really hard. You know, it's fine to have these massive goals. But... It really doesn't mean anything if you end up really sick from it. So that's then led me back to what happened on the goals uh, call with, with my members this month. And I suddenly thought, I have to tell that story. But it's also have to start thinking about what does success actually mean for you? When you're thinking about success and you think about um, what you want to achieve, I don't know about you, but for me, it doesn't look like private planes and flash cars. I really don't care too much about that. I wouldn't buy a private plane because of the issue with the environment. Um, I don't need multi-millions of pounds on a daily basis in order to be able to thrive. That's not survive, that's thrive. I don't necessarily need that. For me, what success looks like is the fact that I can go at a slower pace and I can look after myself and I can go and get the help when I need it. One of the things that I never was able to do when I was in my 20s was take time off and go to the doctors and say, help, I really do need some help. Whereas nowadays, 
I have that luxury. In fact, today, two hours ago, I had gone to my primary care doctor because over the last six months, I've really needed help with my anxiety and my my obsessive thoughts, which have got worse and worse and worse. They got worse in 2020 with the onset of the pandemic. And when we moved down here, I still hadn't really coped with it very well. I think it's success that I've got money coming in from multiple different places. It's success that I have a very strong marriage. I have a very strong um, bond with my family. I'm in contact with everybody all the time. I have a business that is now growing. That, And I have a very good team around me. And that is success. And that is success that I want to keep increasing. But this 10xing it, would I be able to 10x it all of the time? No, I don't have that ability to be able to absolutely work myself to the bone in order to achieve something that I'm not sure that I want to achieve. Does that make me any less successful than someone like Grant Cardone or these people that we put on, um, put up on a pedestal because they're all over social media and they've got all of these followers? I don't think it does. They may have a lot of money. Do Are they actually happy? I'm not sure. And you have to go and question yourself. I mean, of course, if you want to work really hard for something, if you've got goals that you want to hit, fantastic. But actually, goals take consistency. They don't always take hard work. You have to show it, show up, show, show up every single day with exactly what you, knowing what you want to do. So it's got to be the same thing day in, day out. And you can choose how long you want to do that for. You can do that for a long period of time or you could do that for a shorter period of time. And that really is up to you. But again, it's not about working yourself to the bone, never seeing your family, never enjoying your time. It's about thinking, what do I want to achieve? And what do I need to do to get there But actually, what can I do that works for me on a daily basis and where do I need help? And if you start taking the pressure off and thinking, where I am right now is absolutely fine. I'm okay. I'm not bad at all. I'm actually doing pretty well. You can move forward and think what worked yesterday, what didn't work yesterday, and then start creating more momentum towards your goals that way. I think if we constantly have this we have to work super 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 hard to get to our goals all of the time we're never actually going to get there because we'll burn out before we hit there we'll hate ourselves for it we'll be upset we'll be feeling down because we've not achieved this 10x thing that doesn't even have a definition on it instead we need to really focus on what can I do today that's going to move me forward what do I need to stay consistent at and asking for help. The minute you start asking for help, things will change around. So I hope that is a thinking point for you, that if you stay consistent, rather than trying to 10x everything, you'll get to the success that you deserve. Now, I want to say thank you so much for listening to me today. I hope this has been a useful podcast. If it has, don't forget to rate and review so that other people can find this podcast as well because that really helps it. 
Thank you for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.